and we're live. Hi. Okay, uh, today we have a very special guest. Uh, how about you introduce yourself? All right, well, um, <laughs> hi everyone. Um, my name's Georgia Benora. Um, I have been a gymnast from when I was very, very young up until about 24 years old. I'm 30 now, recently 30. Um, so yeah, my, um, I guess main thing is um, gymnastics. I, I went to the 2008 and 2012 Olympics, um, went to Commonwealth Games, got some medals there, went to um, you know a handful of world championships. Um, yeah, and went into, once I retired, um, went into some Ninja Warrior stuff, which has been amazing. Met like a whole another group of people, which has been so, so supportive and so welcoming. And um, yeah, it's just been fantastic. And yeah, I guess in a nutshell, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those, are, those are some mad achievements with that. Like, you say it so casually as well. Like, yeah, it's yeah, an Olympics. I, yeah, it's a Ninja Warrior. <laughs> but no yeah. uh, that's amazing uh when did you start doing gymnastics um i started um I, to be honest i don't actually remember when i started so i must have been quite young i heard i was two two to three Woo. um you know when parents put their their kids into you know junior gym and things like that um just as to i, I actually think gymnastics is a great thing for the toddlers and um, babies just to learn, uh, you know, motor movements and, um, and and things like that. It's just a great thing. So, yeah, I, I started around then. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, uh, yeah that is, <laughs> well, I don't think you have much of a choice in the matter at the start, but uh, obviously, like, you yeah. enjoyed it. You did it for years. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't exactly have much choice, but I'm sure if I really, really wanted to stop, it was, you know, I would have just said the word and it would have been an easy thing. So it wasn't like I was forced to do it all my life, but. <laughs> yeah, what, what was it like representing Australia like twice in the Olympics? Yeah, um, look, it was very, I mean, the, the first time in, in Beijing, it was pretty everything was so new it was it's like you know you, you go through life and you have a lot of experiences which are a lot like other experiences um and then every now and then you have you know a situation which is unlike any other and that's what Beijing was like for me um I I didn't know I, I didn't know how to it's not that I didn't know how to prepare for it but um you know you've got you've got athletes from all around the world in you know, the best athletes from all around the world in in one one little village competing in the exact same competition in all different sports so it's pretty incredible um and then yeah and then i never thought that you know in four years time i'd go to another one but um i did and it was it was just as fantastic it was um it was uh, i guess the london olympics was I was able to, because I'd experienced it before, I was able to kind of just enjoy it a little bit. I was able to remember a lot of the experiences and take in a lot more than 
Beijing, I guess. But um, yeah, representing your country, like represent, like it, it. I don't know. A lot of people say, um, you know, you represent your country, but when you actually think about it, you know, a, a single person is representing an entire country, and um, I didn't actually think about it that way. Uh, for a while, and now I'm thinking about it that way, and it, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy、um, representing your country. Like you've got a lot of responsibility to, you know, sort of carry yourself with、um, a lot of I don't know honor and pride, and、um, yeah. yeah, it was it was a fantastic experience. Yeah, and you said there.、Uh... Like when you went to the 2012 Olympics, that、uh, you were able to enjoy it much more. Was it like really stressful at the 2008, or was it just that it was so new that you didn't really、uh, get to take it all in? Yeah, it was probably that it was it was so new. I mean, I I don't think I've ever been more prepared in my life than I was for the 2008 Olympics.、Um, I was. You know, it was sort of non-stop, high-intensity training for a really, really long time. So I was in like peak, peak condition mentally, physically for that competition.、Um, but you know, everything was new. So I, 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 you know, I hadn't been in a village before. I hadn't been on a scale of what the like what the Olympic competition was. Um, and then London came round, and you know I had a little bit more、um, understanding of what the whole thing was, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No.、Uh, I don't know what to say to that. Actually, I'm just, just going to be honest. You know, I have absolutely no idea what to say. It, it just sounds so surreal. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I don't know. It's sort of when you're um, when you're. When you're there in the moment, it's sort of you do what you have to do, you do what you're trained to do, and it's not a lot. You don't get a lot of time to sit back and think about, you know, all the things that added up to that particular moment、mm. until, you know, years later, <laughs> you like, um you start to think about those things. Like that's that's years of like diet, exercise. Blood, sweat, tears, everything.、Uh, just for like to do like little. I don't know what what you call it routine. Yeah, yeah, routines. Yeah. Yeah. What exactly do you did you do in it? Because I actually haven't seen like the footage from it. Um. So a lot of people are kind of selected on the team for different reasons. Um. You could be selected for um an all around position. So you're you're you know. Fairly strong at all of the apparatus, and you 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 have a part to play on each one,、um, and then you could be selected for you know one or two apparatus where you're you know e- exceptionally strong on just that one or that two apparatus.、Um, so yeah, in Beijing, I um I I was an all rounder, so I I did all four, and when I got to London, I had to kind of um. I had to kind of draw back on on the apparatus because I was getting a little bit broken. My body was a little bit um tired and sore and injured, so I had to um not do not do 
floor. I don't even remember. I think I only, I think it was floor I didn't do. Yeah, I did um, I did bars, I did beam, vault. I sort of added in at the, the trial. I added in vault because I thought it might help my chances of making the team, and lucky I did. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, I actually went back and watched the two thousand. I think it was the floor routine. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, Jesus, like it's it looks like a lot of work. Like it it take a lot of practice to land uh, flips and everything because. <laughs> I could I could never see myself doing <laughs> anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess um, when you're a spectator and you, you kind of you're sitting in the stadium and you're watching it, it's pretty. It's, I mean, I I guess it's pretty impressive watching it from that point of view. Um, yeah. when you're doing it, it's it's such small. Um, progresses from the most basic of movements to what you see um, in the stadium. So that's why it takes so many years and that's why gymnasts start so young because there's just so much to learn um, and it takes such a long time to f- perfect everything to a point where you can be, I guess, trusted to land a tumbling line every single time <laughs> yeah. uh, and I saw that you did the, was it the 2010 Commonwealth Games yes yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how different was that to uh, Beijing and London and also could you explain what the Commonwealth Games are yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah no Ireland isn't a part of that no uh, no I don't think so um yeah, so the Commonwealth Games are basically all the countries in the Commonwealth. Um, it, it, it's like a Olympics for only the countries in the Commonwealth. Um, so we have a village. Um, yeah, there's a you know competition with all the countries. Um, and in 2010, I was, I mean, I was 20. It was two years after Beijing, um, so I was kind of. I was kind of in the stage of, you know, I've, I've, I've done the worlds, I've done the Olympics. Like, do I, do I want to continue? Do I not want to continue? Um, and yeah, I ended up continuing to, to, um, New Delhi, which, um, I actually got really sick at, (laughs) which was super unfortunate. It was probably the, the hardest competition I've ever done the Commonwealth Games in um, 2010 because I was so I was so sick I didn't even think that I would be able to compete. Um, I was in bed when the rest of my team were, you know, they had their bags on their shoulder ready to leave the apartment, ready to catch a bus, and I was still in bed. That's how that's how much I didn't know if I was going to compete or not. But um, I did, which um I I, I don't even know how, but it was a great experience and um it was a great experience just being in india to be honest um the culture there's pretty amazing yeah 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 i'm um, actually just looking here australia is ranked number one for the commonwealth games by yeah. 300 ish it's fair play to you guys yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think we did pretty good that year. Um, our, our team came first to that competition, I remember, yeah. and I think uh, I think we got a lot of golds in a lot of other sports. Yeah, good. golden team, silver and uneven bars, and bronze and all around. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, we all know uh, as a country, Australia is the best. So. Yeah, Dara got to spend some time there. He absolutely loves it. Never shuts up oh. about it. Man, oh, I actually don't show up about it. Like, I'm definitely going back and probably, hopefully, living there at some point. When he Where arrived, are... the fire started. When he left, they stopped. <laughs> yeah, so there's this big running joke in our friend group now that I caused the fires in Australia. And uh, <laughs> even though they started before I got there, Jared. By like a day. Not like a day, it was like a month, maybe. No, I went, um, I spent uh, three months in Perth from. Uh, November to February, and Jesus, oh, yeah. like it's completely different planet to Ireland, like polar opposite. Yeah. Everything it's uh, it was lovely. Yeah, it, it's pretty different. Did you notice anything different about the people compared to Ireland at all? Um, I suppose, yeah, well, yeah, like I was, um. I was spending time because my brother lives over there with his family. So I spent three months with him and then I kind of met people through them as well. And uh, I feel like Australian people are just very chill and like they kind of, they like to have a joke. And they're, they're like Irish people because like, we kind of just, uh, if you're in a friend group, you like take the piss out of each other. And uh, I had, <laughs> when I had friends over, it, it's true. Like, but like when I had friends over there, it was pretty, like pretty similar. The only difference was that they kept calling me Lewis Capaldi because they didn't know whether he was Irish or Scottish. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He is, he's, he's Scottish, right? He is, is Scottish, right? yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, the people are lovely, like. Um, and, like, the cities that we have here aren't too big. So, like, going from being in dublin which is like it for here it's like it's our biggest city richard it's our only city true <laughs> the, uh, the rest is yeah. considered towns by everyone yeah, else big, big towns yeah uh but Chicago is a village going... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah going from like dublin which is this like small city and i hadn't really been to any other cities in the world really and then going to perth which is like for me, like, it might be a small city to some, but, like, when I got there, I was like, holy shit, like, there's, like, skyscrapers and stuff here, and uh, it was just completely different, and uh, even the beaches and stuff were completely different here, because we, yeah. we have very rocky, uh, kind of dull beaches, but over there, it was just complete white sand, and I was like, wow. Yeah, if yeah, you go to the beach here, different. you have to wear a sweater. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And uh, yeah. I actually, I went um, rock diving for the first time since I got back. Like, this is the first time I've been in the ocean since I got back from Australia. And uh, just remembering in Australia, I was like, oh, yeah, it's warm. So, like, it's it's not going to be too bad here. And I jumped in the water and I was instantly, like, stinging all over. And I was like, Jesus, there's some difference. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, like... Uh, I'll I'll definitely be going back at some point. It's it's a lovely place. Yeah, well I I've always wanted to go to Ireland. The, the closest I've probably gotten is um 
Scotland, actually. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I'd really like to go to Dublin, though. Um, but Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, if you're Scotland, going, we'll recommend a few places. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll let you. I'll let you know when I head over. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, last. Yeah. But uh, back to you. <laughs> you did a TED talk, uh, and uh, I was actually I was watching it earlier. It was really impressive. Um, well, one thing that really got me it was like your ripped hands from uh, yeah. training. That looked horrible. Number one. <laughs> and then here you went through all these injuries like pe- people often think that addicts just get it perfect or that stuff like that doesn't happen but a lot of it is recovery and injuries so, yeah so what was your experience with that anyway um i i actually was pretty good with injuries up until i'd probably say i was 17 17 18 um i you know didn't have a huge amount of injuries i definitely didn't have any major injuries um and then i started to get um you know the overload injuries sort of just you know i didn't actually do anything i didn't fall um i didn't land funny but it was just injuries based off of you know you've been doing this a long time um and it takes its toll on your body um, so I had, um, you know, basically every year from 2008 onwards, I've had some sort of surgery, whether it be on my ankles or my hip. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely, definitely takes its toll, but, um, the, you know, the whole recovery side of it is, um, is really important. I think only now, um, I, I don't want to say sport in general, but gymnastics specifically is kind of understanding the importance of balance and the importance of, um, you know, when you start doing a lot of these numbers, you're you're a child, so you're still growing, your body's still growing and developing. Um, So you really need to have to make sure that you adjust for that and that you, um, you know... You just kind of teach smartly, I guess. Um, which yeah, yeah, it, it's a new sort of it's a new sort of thing. But in saying that, I wouldn't have done anything differently because I had a goal and I would have done like there's nothing that would have stopped me achieving that goal. So you know, it's sort of a here and there, I guess. Yeah, like um. That's clear from listening to your TED talk as well, because like uh, you were talking about how if someone said to you, uh, oh, yeah, like, here's your goal, but you're going to have to work for like 16 years to get there. And then you said, like, you would have said no to that. Yeah, exactly. If someone said that to you straight up, uh, you'd be like, of course, not. I'm not going to work for 16 years to get to this thing. But uh, like, not like it's you, you were talking about it's all about perspective, like. Because you didn't know when the goal was going to be there. You just knew that you wanted it. Yeah, and exactly. However long that took you, you, you did it. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't, you know, there was always smaller goals. Um, and I always knew in the back of my mind that Olympics was a thing. <laughs> um, 
But, it, you know, if I had an aim for Olympics when I was six years old, there's, I, don't, I don't think there's any way that I, I would have reached it because it would have just been too much pressure and I would have yeah. lost all perspective of the enjoyment out of what I was doing. Um, but, you know, I, I was lucky enough to stay, um, you know, healthy until I was a certain age. But up until then, I guess I was unlucky in a certain way with, you know, I got, I got a lot of injuries after that, which, you know, not to say that every gymnast gets injuries to that extent. Um, so a lot of it was my, I guess, genetics in my bone structure and everything like that. But, um, yeah, you know, it's the definite repetitiveness of what you're doing has, has a part to play. Um. Yeah, I, f- I forgot. I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. No. Uh, actually, um, I I do uh, sports as well. I I, do, I did martial arts and I did I do archery. And uh, I was going to ask a lot of people once they get to a certain level, they can start taking themselves very seriously and then get very upset if they do something wrong. Like I know guys if they miss. Uh, miss like the the yellow of a target they're basically walking home for the day they're done they've lost whatever yeah they've already given up is that a thing in um gymnastics people mess something up and they just get really annoyed with it or they take themselves very seriously um yeah definitely but i think that has a lot to do with um what they were taught when they were developing as a gymnast um and what they were um I don't want to say the amount of talent, but I mean the, the what was what coaches and you know other people sort of how they behaved around how talented they were. I mean, I I was never the best, so I, I was absolutely never the best gymnast. I was just there consistently. I just showed up consistently, um, and I think that you know, has a very strong part to play in in how far you go. I mean, um, yeah, I forgot what your original question was again. Something to do with <laughs> ta- talent. No, it was uh, like, do people take themselves too seriously in your, in your sports sometimes? Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, yeah, well, yeah, again, um, your coach has a lot to 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 play in that um I had a I was pretty lucky with with the coaches that I had I mean like I said I was never the best I was never super super talented um so my coach was pretty his personality in general was pretty laid back and you know if you fail that's fine just try again and try it a different way um, it was never like if you failed, that's fine. Someone else will take your place. Like that was never a thing. Which is a but thing I, in sports. Uh, which that, is, that's a horrible feeling. Yeah, it is definitely a thing in sport, um, and it's definitely a thing um, in sport when you've got a lot of talented athletes in one place, um, mm. which it shouldn't be. I don't think it should be. Um, I think that's that just happens somehow but I think um I think we're trying pretty hard to um to build a new sort of structure to make it so that 
you know, everyone's equally supportive and supported and, you know, the the ones that work hard, sure, if, if you want to work hard and you want to, like, go from here to here, then we're here to help you in whatever you can. If you, yeah, you might be super talented, but if you don't want to put in the work, then, like, I can only do what I can do with you. That yeah, talent sense. only gets you too far. Well, or talent yeah. only gets you so far, like. Yeah. Exactly. The rest exactly. is uh, spine-breaking work. Yeah. <laughs> really difficult yeah. work, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, um, yeah. you know, move, I'm not, a, I'm not an athlete, so I can't relate. But uh, I, think, I think my main sport is probably beer pong, so, yeah. Uh, well, you do have pretty not, competitive much, anyway. Yeah, there's not much dedication in that, though. <laughs> not in the Olympics, is pretty, It's a pretty competitive sport. People get pretty fired up about it, so I wouldn't mm. know I'm counting yourself out. There's, uh, I think there's, like, beer pong world championships, but I, I haven't seen any on for years, so maybe, maybe if they come back around, I'll qualify, hopefully. We'll get you there one day, Derek, don't worry. <laughs> We're fine, we'll get them. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you you can through. do it, Dara. No, uh, <laughs> um, I was going to say, um, no, I'm after. Thanks, Dara. You messed me up. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I was going to say about uh, moving on from like being an Olympian, which is like a huge deal, like like well, well done. Um, you went into Ninja Warrior. What was your experience like in that? Because we, we watched your runs uh, and they were brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks. They, um, Ninja Warrior was sort of, I just sort of honestly fell into it. Um, I retired from sport and I, you know, I didn't, I think I just, just started coaching gymnastics at that point, but I wasn't really feeling it. Um, I was studying something. I don't even remember what I was studying at the time, but again, I wasn't really feeling it. Um, and, um, Ninja Warrior happened and I was like, sure, why not? Like I'm not I'm not doing anything else right now. Um and did you approach them or did they approach you? Um they approached they approached our gym. So the gym that I had um trained at my whole life basically, they approached the gym and said if anyone was interested. Um and I sort of said I sort of replied and said, Yeah, yeah, I, I might, you know like what is it like what exactly is it like I didn't know I didn't have any idea what it was um and then um I google searched Ninja Warrior Melbourne and I found the compound which um is where I train and I went to session there and it was pretty like it was um it was down on the Mornington Peninsula which is about an hour and a half drive from Melbourne um and you know everything was um you know handmade and and um it was out in the open um there was no it wasn't undercover um and it was just um it was pretty rough and it was i really really liked it it was just like there was no fancy fancy equipment there was no um you know people being precious and at that point, I guess from gymnastics, like I had, um, I had my set way of doing things. I was really particular with, you know, I need this to be like this, and and then I'll do my routine or whatever it was. But um, Ninja Warriors kind of um, 
kind of knock that out of me, I guess, as, as much as it could. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I started training at um, the compound and I did the show that first year and it was pretty um, – it was, it, it was really, really fun, to be honest. I just um, – I met lots of people um, and everyone – there's a really strong ninja group of friends, I guess, I guess in each state, but everyone kind of knows each other. Um, so there's a really good community there and I really liked that and I've been kind of training in ninja ever since. Um, but in saying that each year I do the show, I get more and more nervous. Like the first year it was sort of nothing. Like it was just, it was a reality TV show. Um, you know, I trained 20 years of my life for a Olympic sport and then I was doing a reality TV show. So (laughs) it's pretty different. So I I didn't really, you know, I was just there for the experience. And then after the two seasons, especially after the second season where I did like fairly well, um, I just felt kind of more pressure. Um, and I was very aware of the fact that it was on television um, because, to be honest, artistic gymnastics in Australia, no one no one really watches it. No one really, you know, pays attention unless, you know, they happen to be flicking on when the Olympics is on every four years. Um, mm. We're doing our best to get it out there, but it's not the same as, you know, a commercial <laughs> reality TV show. Um, so it was so interesting after I did that, um, you know, I remember feeling, feeling up my car with petrol and I'm going to pay for it. And the, the person behind the register was like, um, excuse me, were you a ninja warrior? (laughs) And I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Like, like a, a TV show that is on air once. And I'm recognized for it and something that I've dedicated my entire life for. Um, I'm not really, which, which is fine. It's just, um, it's just interesting seeing the difference. Yeah. But I, you know, I I loved it. Yeah. I I went back and watched, um, I think it was the 2017 and 2018 semifinals. And there was one obstacle that just looked so painful. It was like a, you had to like climb up a chain and uh, I was yeah. just like oh my god like it just looked horrible so like yeah. what, what uh how would you train for that like did you have like the same obstacles or yeah kind how do you of train for that or... like you don't find like a, a, a warped wall anymore how do you train <laughs> for something like this yeah well at the time I was like oh my god what is this obstacle this is weird I have no idea how to approach this which is pretty obvious when you look at the footage. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. But um, after, you know, after that, there's there's a lot of um, gyms that have obstacles like that and you just have to practice. That's all. You yeah. just have to practice the obstacles. Um, the only hard thing is you just don't know what obstacles you're going to get. Yeah. Um, like there's, you know, the compound has obstacles like that, the, um, the cannonballs and the, you know, the nunchucks. They have a warped wall and you just have to train for it. That's all. Um, mm. 
the thing that I struggle with is um, juggling the amount of spare time that I have. I thought you were just going to say juggling. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. I just, I just struggle with juggling. <laughs> um, no, the like the juggling the amount of spare time that I have to be able to train. Um, like I wish that I could just quit my job and quit studying and just do Ninja Warrior full time and see like see how good I could actually get. But you know, in reality, I've got bills to pay and <laughs> I've got to you know I want to get education and I want to you know learn and grow and in all aspects of my life. And you know, Ninja Warrior is one aspect of my life. Hmm. Mm. So, like, when you go on Ninja Warrior, like, uh, for the different uh, courses and all, do you see the course at all before you, like, actually, like, try and go through it? Or is it more like, oh, they just put you in front of it and then you have to get through it without seeing uh, it? We, we get to see someone else do it one time. Yeah. So we don't, we you know, when we get told we're on that season when we get to the course when we're you know backstage in the green room and everything we have no idea what's happening um and then you know a couple of hours before we're actually filmed we see someone do it once and that's yeah. basically it um which you know i guess is I don't know. It could be helpful. It could be not be helpful. It depends on the person. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it does sound hard, like, because you, you only get to see the person do it once and then you have to try and memorize and analyze how they did it. Yeah, so. definitely. And the, the hard thing is not getting in your own head about it, which is yeah. which is what I tend to do. Um I mean, I think that's what was different between how I did on the, like, you know, the first couple of seasons towards the last couple of seasons that I did because the first couple of seasons I didn't really think that much about it, to be honest. I just did it. And then, you know, the last couple I thought a lot about what I was doing and um, how to do it and has it been done before and did anyone do it overseas and, like, there's not much you can do within hours before doing an obstacle. <laughs> so you yeah. may as well just do it and stop thinking, <laughs> which, you know, some ninjas, that's what they do and they do really well. I mean, look at, you know, like Ashlyn and, um, you know, Charlie in that from um, down on the peninsula. They just do it. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the, the hardest uh, either course like full course or obstacle that you faced while you're on Ninja Warrior like? um, whoa, I was thinking oh, what have I done here um, oh, I'm just trying to remember what they all were I mean, it's never it's as a as a shorter individual. It's never nice having to do a wall on TV because 
I don't know. It's just, it's always a struggle for me. It's never something that I'm like, oh, it's a wall. I can do that. It's always like a, okay, come on. You can do it. Come on. Off the wall. No, I I, I loved seeing that. You you didn't get the first two times and the third time you got it. And it was just, everyone cheered. It was so good. Yeah, yeah. I actually got um, asked after that um, whether or not I did that on purpose, whether or not I deliberately missed the first two and I was like why would I why would I want to put myself in that situation of this is my last chance oh (laughs) such a silly question um how how tall is the wall oh I should know this um if you don't know it's fine I don't I don't know I should because I feel like I ask all the time and I feel like I I tell the you know the head of the compound that he's made it taller 14. each time I try for it. Fourteen foot. Fourteen fourteen oh yeah, that's right. Fourteen foot's like the standard, but then fourteen point something inches is um is oh yeah, four point three meters. Yeah, so um, the one that we train on is like a little bit higher than the standard. Jesus. Whatever oh, that means. On earth. I, <laughs> I, I'm still looking at the second picture here. This guy. How? How? <laughs> and like, it's all about where... I don't want to say it's all about because I have no idea. I don't do it every single time. But I think <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with um, where you put your feet. Because if you put your if you put your last step too high, you slip. But if you put it too low, you don't make the, the leap. Um, but in saying that, if you're incredibly strong or incredibly tall, it doesn't matter. You just run at it and get up. <laughs> but I have to be a little bit more strategic in how I approach it. I've seen guys who are, I think they're on the same season, or they're on the same time as Jaden Irving. And yeah. That guy was six foot six, and then he he failed it, and I don't know how. But uh, yeah. then watching your one, you're, you're five foot three, and on yeah. the last one, you nailed it. Like, that, yeah. that was really impressive to see. Yeah, it was a. When I watched the footage back, it was a big difference between my first two and my third attempt. I don't know what happened. I think I just got my foot in the right place because the third attempt was, I was like, ah. Oh, <laughs> not that bad in, in the way they edited it it was like a guy screams like you gotta jump and then he yeah jumped. yeah yeah, yeah the, the comment section love that part <laughs> comment section i haven't checked out the comment section i'm too scared <laughs> no it's, it's all it's all good things it's all good things oh good <laughs> 14 foot wall like i struggle to get over like a Four foot one. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, Ninja Warrior. Crazy stuff. Definitely. But, uh, you, yeah, you, you also did a TED Talk. How did you get on for, for TED? Like, did they contact you? Yeah, they contacted me. And um, it was actually a, a really crazy time for me I had um 
I don't even remember off the top of my head, but I had a couple of like big projects on at the same time. And then um, Ted contacted me and asked me to do this talk. And like, I'm, it's a fantastic opportunity. I'm not going to say no. Um, but it was a pretty crazy week in because I didn't have a huge amount of time to prepare for it. So it was a pretty crazy week to try and get everything together for this talk. And I remember the um, the morning of my internet went out and I couldn't um, <laughs> I couldn't save my slides or print out anything. And I was like in panic mode and I was in panic mode as soon as I got there and I was trying so hard to, um, to calm down when I was there. Um, but it was a fantastic experience. And um, I, I listened to a lot of the other TED Talks that, that happened that day. And, um, yeah, it, it was wonderful. It was really, really good experience. It was a very good talk, I have to admit. No, it was very um, motivational. Like uh, I've heard uh, from other people who've done TED that, like, they're super, like, strict. You've got, you got to know it. You, they got to script this thing. you got to learn it off by heart. And they'll, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're um they're they're pretty strict with um their requirements, which um <laughs> which is great, but it just um just added on to the pressure that I had at the time. Um, so I, I hope it turned out, or I I tried my best for it, and I tried to um put out what I you know really believed in for that topic because um they they gave me a particular topic, um and I I could interpret it in any way that I wanted, so. I really tried to make it um, something that I believed in and something that I thought was um, in, important to for people to know. So um, I guess I, I hope that came across. <laughs> mission, mission accomplished. Oh, thank it you. definitely came across, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you actually kind of changed my perspective when you started talking about perspective. Uh, yeah, some of the examples you gave really made me think. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, no, it, it was impressive. Thank you. So, uh, what's next for you, anyway? Like, do you have anything big planned? Um, right now, um, I'm still kind of um, chipping away at my um, my study. Um, I've been doing psychology for like four years now, um, so I'm still kind of chipping away at that. Um, whether or not I, I want to decide to, you know, completely commit to that, um, I'm not sure yet, but I know that it's helping me in, you know, in life in general, it's helping me in, um, but also coaching, um, especially coaching kids. Um, it's, it's really helping me, you know, find the, the best possible, um, method of teaching, and method of, um, you know, just helping them enjoy what they're doing while they're learning. Um, yeah. So yeah. Apart from that, I've just um, I've just been coaching. Um, really trying to put um, a strong plan together for, you know, the post-COVID era of training in gymnastics, which is um, something no one's I think experienced before. So. Everyone, I guess, is in um, in new territory. But you know, in saying that, 
it's the same sort of form, formula as coming back from injury or coming back from holiday. You just got to adjust. So, um, yeah, I'm in the middle of doing that at the moment. Um, hopefully building some really strong athletes, getting them to be really um, well-rounded individuals. That's mm. my sort of goal. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're a gymnastics coach now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I coach gymnastics. Um, it's sort of initially I fell into it, I guess, from being an athlete myself and just purely needing a job and something to do. And um, <laughs> I started it and then to, I didn't actually like it to begin with um, because I couldn't really relate to – I didn't understand how to teach um, but, you know, I've really kind of, I've really kind of understood that a bit more now and how to, how to break things down and how to relate to, to kids. And I just, yeah, I really love teaching kids cause they're just, they're so funny. Kids are hilarious. <laughs> they're just so unpredictable and so Do you have any fun. funny stories for us? Uh, just, um, oh, kind of in. I don't know when when there was a moment there was a there was a time last year I was I was teaching a, a group of kids and they used to really like telling me jokes um, <laughs> jokes sort of you know pretty simple like you know why did the surfer fall off his surfboard because the seaweed that sort of thing um, <laughs> I, I would just pretend not to understand them all the time <laughs> just pretend not to un to get their jokes um which would infuriate them and they'll just continue to try and e to try and explain <laughs> their joke and why it was so funny and i'll just keep kind of going oh i, I just, just don't get it like the sea the sea can't we can it like i don't i don't get why it's <laughs> it's infuriate them and it is just that so sounds adorable fun. Oh no, I get, I can, I completely understand. Bunch of kids trying to tell that. you to see weed. <laughs> They're oh, just I... so much to play with. And I mean, it, like, it's so easy to teach kids when the kids and myself are having fun and playing. Like, it, it is, it's yeah. so easy when that happens. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's great. I just love it. No, I completely relate to that because, um, when I was in Australia, I had two nieces and a nephew, and uh, any time I'd have them, like, I'd be taking care of them while their parents were out. Uh, if they'd say I was, like, they were hungry, uh, I'd be like, oh, yeah, hi, hungry, I'm Dara. And then, like, at the start, it was funny to them. And then at some point, it just started to, like, piss them off completely. <laughs> <laughs> they just started to get really angry at me. Uh, that's yeah. great. He does that with just about everything. Um, kids, good man, Dara. Close my head in. <laughs> um, uh, I just noticed there. Uh, uh, sorry. Makes for a good podcast. It does, yeah. Exactly. So stop shitting me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, speaking of people we shit on, uh, Thomas isn't here today. Thomas, uh, <laughs> I think Thomas is the one that contacted you originally. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Right, Thomas. I think he had a doctor thing or something. Yeah, he's, okay. he's... Or he probably hasn't woken up yet. Something stupid. 
I'm surprised <laughs> we actually didn't do what we did with you the other day because uh, Jared wasn't on the podcast the other day, so we told everyone he the died. First uh, <laughs> it was the first time he's missed the podcast, so we, we told everyone that I think, what exactly did I say? I said he went up in a fighter jet, then ejected so he could skydive. Um, the parachute didn't deploy, he landed in Antarctica and then got uh, trampled by camels. Did you see the stuff I have to deal with in this podcast? And then, <laughs> no way, it gets better because someone texted me. Someone texted me like, yo, what happened with Jared? And I was like, what do you mean? And then they were like, oh yeah, someone told me he quit. And I was like, no, we were joking. Yeah. That's what I got to deal with. These guys are great. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, good man there. Uh, yeah, yeah we, do, we do it daily. And uh, don't daily last 41 days. It's been great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not Joe Rogan, but it'll do for now. So when I actually <laughs> in, it was like Irish Joe Rogan the other day, and I was like, "Holy shit!" What a second there. Someone actually said to me the other day uh, when we put up the episode with um, Charles from Breaking from, Bad. From Breaking uh, Bad, yeah. Yeah, uh, like I put it up on my Snapchat, and someone texted me. They were like, "There is no fucking way you got him," and I was like, "Yeah," and they were like, "It's like Joe Rogan but Irish." Uh, like, thanks. <laughs> what? So you had a podcast with someone from Breaking Bad. We did, yeah. Do you know? Um, wait, have you seen the show? I've seen the show. Yeah. Do you know Skinny Pete? Skinny Pete. Oh yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we had him on. Yeah. Oh, that's Charles awesome. Baker. Brilliant guy. Very, very yeah, motivational yeah. talk he gave us actually. Yeah. Uh, right. De- dealing with low confidence uh, and. Dealing with unfortunate circumstances. Thank you. Amazing guy. That's fantastic. That was great. I was going to ask about your uh, your tattoo there. Is that the Olympic uh, rings? Is it this arm? Yeah. 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 I got um. I got it done. When did I get it? I actually got it done like a couple of years after London. Um. Because I remember 2008, you know, people would get the tattoo. And at the, at the at that point in time, I was like, yeah, I just don't see the point in getting my body marked permanently for something that I remember. Like, I don't have to prove to anyone else with a symbol on my body that I went to the Olympics. Like, it's not important. I know. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, and then I don't know, 2014 or something. I I was. Can I can I swear on this? Of course. Yeah. we've been doing it too. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, 2014 came around, and I was I was basically just like, fuck it, I'll get it done. Why not? Like, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing it. It was at that point in time where I was just finished. Um, I just retired. And um, I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything else at the moment with my life. I may as well get a tattoo. Why not? We've, we've uh, got some interesting yeah. tattoo stories on this podcast so far. By any oh chance, was there alcohol involved in that decision? <laughs> <laughs> not this one. <laughs> not this one. Maybe my future ones, though. <laughs> should, we, should we tell the story of <laughs> Paul's tattoo? <laughs> 
Paul Roseberry, legendary comedian. Paul Roseberry uh, is a comedian, and uh, we had him on. And he funny was Spider-Man. He, yeah, he, he, he's hilarious. Like, and uh, he, he was living out in California, and he was telling us that he was... Um, he was telling us that he was dropping acid maybe three to four times a week. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. And he told us that uh, one day he, he like, I, I can't remember, a girl broke up with him or something. So, yeah, uh, a girl broke his heart and uh, he was really <laughs> mad about it. So he so went to he, a tattoo parlor, this huge jacked hulking guy. And uh, said, oh, how much to get uh, a love heart with, like, bitch written on it? Uh, <laughs> and the guy was like, you're out, you're out of your fucking mind, Paul. What, what are you doing in here? And uh, then fucking Paul says, or no, the guy agrees, like, yeah, I'll do it for you. Uh, $150, but I'm ring up, make sure you want it done. I'll do it for you. So Paul leaves. And then he gets done for like twenty dollars by a guy in the street. Yeah, on the way home, he get he like hops off the bus and sees like this. Um, it was like oh, Korean yes. or Vietnamese tattoo shop with a guy who uh, he's like in a lab coat, and he walked in. And he was like, "Oh yeah, I want to get this done." He's like, "Okay," and he's like, "How much?" And he's like, "A hundred dollars." And he's like, "Okay." He's like, "So when are we doing it?" And he's like, "Now." So he's like, yeah. "Oh, okay." What was Paul's exact wor- exact words? We do now. Yeah. We do- <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the kind of guys we have on the podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, that's a pretty good looking tattoo, if I'll be honest. Um, yeah, Actually, hard to... Which is pretty cool. Can you say that again? You, you cut off? I said I actually got it for free, which is pretty cool. Oh, what? Yeah, there was a, there's a place in um, Melbourne City that was that that said um, I heard from like one of the athletes that they were doing the Olympic rings tattoo for free for the athletes that came home from London, um, and I was like, okay, <laughs> do me right here because for free. Love. Go get your money's worth, like. Yeah, you're not good. Have to get the money's worth. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, did you have to like prove you're an, you were an Olympian, or did they did know like? Um, well, I didn't know how that would work at the time, and I remember going up to them and telling them, and sort of awkwardly and shyly saying, um, I, "I, I, I can prove it to you if you want me to." Like, I really don't want to have to do that, but can you just trust me based on my word? And they they, they were fine with that. So I didn't actually have to show them any proof at all. <laughs> and what, what kind of weirdo goes in and is like, yeah, I was, I was in the Olympics. <laughs> and, like, they weren't in the Olympics. Yeah, just yeah. give me an Olympic tattoo, like, on my forehead, please. <laughs> <laughs> right here. Right That's probably something right I do. Yeah, good <laughs> one, Dara. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, I think we've covered enough and uh, have told you some useless stories. Uh, <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> no, it's, it's been great to have you on. Uh, you're a very inspirational person. Yeah, thank you. Uh, your TED Talk's amazing. Uh, your runs on Ninja Warrior are amazing. Um, I haven't seen your your things uh, from the Olympics, but I'm sure they're amazing as well. 
So uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously, thanks for getting on. Uh, if people want to go follow you or they want to find you or get in contact with you, uh, how can they do that? Um, yeah, if they just um, they can follow me on Instagram, which is I'm pretty sure it's just Georgia Benora. Yep, Georgia Benora. Um, yeah, I'm up on Instagram. Um, so if they want to follow me and see what I'm up to, then yeah, they can um, they can do that. Instagram, I think I'm on I'm on yeah I'm on Facebook too. I think I am. Sorry, all these social medias. Um, Instagram, Facebook. I've got Twitter. I know I've got Twitter. Um, Just sure that's but you, yeah, there we are. There it is. Good one. Thank you. This is a very flattering <laughs> picture. Right. Just zoom in right on my face. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, uh, we're gonna leave uh, videos of stuff we talked about linked in the description. We'll leave uh, your Instagram and your Twitter linked as well. And uh, yeah, for coming on. And thank everyone yeah, for watching. So uh, thanks thank everyone for watching. Uh, hope hope you learned something. Uh, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, tell your grandma about the podcast, and take it handy.